Welcome to the QAC Team podcast series with your host, Charles Luttrell. Our series features leaders and business owners in your community discussing the customer experience, employee satisfaction, and performance improvement. Our series will help share strategic ideas for coaching and mentoring through mystery shopping in a post-pandemic economy. And now here's your host, Charles Luttrell. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to the first QAC Team podcast of 2023. And I have with me Richard from the Seafood Stop. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. How are you? Very well, thank you. Awesome. Welcome to 2023. Happy New Year. Same to you. Happy New Year. (laughs) Awesome. Let's get started here. So tell us who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Richard Anderson, and uh, I... uh, and the proprietor of the Seafood Stop in Falston, Maryland, as well as Richard's Fish and Crabs in Churchville and 111 Main, which is a fine dining restaurant on Main Street, Bel Air. Um, I, years ago, I, I was a school teacher and uh, we started a family. My wife and myself started a family and we were we um, decided that we wanted her to stay home with our children. And so I was teaching school at the time and I thought I need to supplement my income with uh, another job so that we could make ends meet while she was home because she had been employed before that. Um, So I got a part-time job in a crab house in Timonium And that kind of uh, evolved into me um, opening up a live crab truck in the Falston area on Route 1 in 1989. And um, so it was very slow at first. (laughs) It, it, uh, you know, I was twiddling my thumbs by myself, kicking rocks and whatnot, you know. um, But, um, Eventually, you know, uh, after into the third year, I saw uh, an increase in sales. And um, then it not only was after uh, four or five years, not only was it crabs and it evolved into selling crab meat, live lobsters, shrimp, um, Oysters became very big in the fall and winter. So then I needed two trucks and I just sat on the side of the road in an empty four acre lot, uh, in front of uh, Falston general hospital. If people can remember that. Yes. Um, I, I remember Falston general. Mm-hmm. And that's where I sat for 11 years <clears throat> and, um, it exploded, uh, in 1995, um, it really was, it was a, it was like having two full-time jobs because I was a ri- originally, I o- was open, uh, the truck opened in at the end of the school year through Labor Day. And, um, then it became so busy and people wanted crabs, you know, into September, into October, into November, then you're switching gears and you're starting to sell shrimp and lobsters and oysters. So it became 
you know, not just June to Labor Day, it became May through October, then it became April through December. And mind you, I'm still teaching school at the same time. Right. And you started this with just a truck. You were sitting on the side of the. It was a 1977 Dodge refrigerated truck. Wow. Yeah, it, it was a box truck. It was, I, I think it was approximately uh, an 18 foot box. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing about that truck, <laughs> um, it had to be mobile. You know, for the health department to approve my my mobile food license, it had to be mobile. So once a year, I had to drive it up to they wouldn't come and inspect it. They wanted you to drive it there, you know, to show them that it was a mobile unit. Well, this thing could barely it, it could barely run for like more than an hour. You know, oh, man, <laughs> I would spray ether <laughs> into the carburetor once a year and it would fire. Actually, it was kind of crazy. It would fire right up, you know, and it was just every bump that I hit going up into Bel Air to get this truck inspected. Every bump that I hit rust from <laughs> the roof of the interior of, would just fall all over me. Was, oh my gosh it was it was very comical actually and the wheel was as big as uh, i don't know what turning that wheel and it was there was no power steering that thing was a bear Ugh. to really steer and and make turns but it was <laughs> you know i don't think anybody past their age <laughs> understands anything without power steering that's for sure oh god <laughs> without power steering they the, it's it's it, it, it's strenuous, especially on a big truck like that, trying to make turns, you know, on those bit with those big tires. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty crazy. But, um, but I would, I would limp it up there and I, I was praying the whole time because it, you know, from Falston to the health department in Bel Air was, you know, maybe three miles, you know, and I was just praying that a cop wouldn't pull me over you know? <laughs> um, because I'd have been just, you know, that would have been it. You know, they looked at, inspected that truck. That would be, it would be all over, but it never happened. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I got back as fast as I could and got, got the truck back and wired it. And it was hardwired. We, we had a, a wire for the refrigeration. We hardwired it to a pole in the back of the woods. Oh, wow. So you didn't have to run it off its motor. So it was hard wire. So, um, yeah, I had a friend of mine who was an electrician. Uh, he ran the line for me. Uh, Damn, times have definitely changed because you could not do that today, could you? No. <laughs> no. And so that, at, at the end of, I, I guess at the end of the 90s, um, my landlord there, um, Ron Adams, who owned Adams Jeep, he owns Adams Jeep Eagle and a couple other dealerships around. He was the owner of that property. He told me, you know, uh, about in the mid 1990s, maybe late 1990s, he was like, you know, you, Richard, you can stay here as long as you want. Um, until 
water and sewer come through. He said, when water and sewer come through, I'm selling it. You know, he wanted to make, he was waiting for the dollars to, the value to go, to go up with the water and sewer. So. Yeah. Cause that's what it would make sense. Absolutely. Right. He's making a bank then. So he could, you know, he could, uh, yeah, he could cash in on that. And I don't, I, I wasn't blaming him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay. Thanks for the heads up. <laughs> and, um, so I saw that coming, you know, I saw some surveyors. I looked, I saw in the Aegis that, uh, things were like water and sewer were coming through that corridor in the next year or two. Um, this was the late 1990s. And so I was trying to prepare myself like, okay, I have something really good going here. Um, and I'm also burning the candle at both ends. And I just, <clears throat> I didn't know. I, I, I was like, I need to make a decision, you know, whether to go into the seafood business full time and quit teaching or, you know, vice versa, uh, keep teaching and maybe just do the seafood stuff on the side uh, during the summer months only. Um, mm -hmm. So um, I'm a believer in signs and uh, my wife, not so much, but I am. And I was, so I was like, uh, I'd really, I'd need, I need a sign to help me, you know, make this decision. So I, I taught at Cockeysville middle school and um, in Baltimore County. And so I, uh, we had, in 1999, a new principal came in and um, she had her own agenda. And I had been part of the eighth grade team of teachers for probably about seven years by now. We had a really good program going on. We, had, we took the kids to Ellis Island every year. And anyway, just a great team to work with. And sh this new principal came in, had her own agenda and broke up our eighth grade team and put me into sixth grade. And I said, that's my sign. Yeah. I was like, uh, yep, that's it. Um, so I went in and I resigned like a week or two after she broke our team up. And I uh, went down the street on, in Falston to, um, there was a piece of property down there at Benson, Benson Meats. Henry Gratio owned it and um, it was an empty lot. We worked out a deal. He would build the building, he would build for lease and, uh, and then I would have to finish the interior of the building. And we made a deal and we opened up the seafood stop in April of 2000. Wow. Yep. That's, that's, a, that's a great way to start. You know, you see signs, you know, yeah. do, you, do your thing. I, I, I yeah. Still, you know, um, I still see signs over the past few years. I've asked for a sign where, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, I truly believe in it, but, and uh, some people don't, but I, 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 I made the right decision when yeah. this, this new principal came in. I, I, I knew that was the sign. I knew it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, you know, I appreciate you sharing that because that was my next question was why did you decide to be a business owner so that 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 flicks right into that question but the, the third question i have is why did you choose this industry that that's what i want to know uh well 
yeah, the, the, I wouldn't have gone into the business and, uh, and given up my teaching career. I had been teaching for 12 years, so I gave up mm-hmm. a lot of years. Um, right. If I didn't really love this business and it, and the, it's to me, it's all about crabs. Um, the crab industry in the state of Maryland is a, it's a cultural, it's a very unique cultural experience. Um, I mean, globally, um, there's not too many areas in the world that, uh, that, uh, deal in live food product, you know, that mm-hmm. theme thing, uh, creatures that are alive or sell live animals for food, you know, um, like I was on the side of the road for 11 years. I was only, I, did, I didn't steam. I only sold live. Ah, okay. So, you know, it's, it, it's almost like, uh, you see a lot of this in Asia, you know, where they deal with in live product, uh-huh. but in the United States, not so much, except, you know, when it comes to crabs, lobsters, oysters are alive, you know, um, but crabs in particular, you know, it's like crabs in the state of Maryland consumes more crabs than anywhere else in the United States. Mm-hmm. I, re, uh, I remember years ago when I was a kid, we had a kitty pulled out back where we lived in Baltimore County and my parents would go buy them and dump them in the kiddie pool and they'd be you know crawling around in the pool while they got the steamer ready because they would steam them themselves yeah i mean <laughs> what a fun time <laughs> it's a it, it's very cultural and it's an experience you know okay getting back to you know as you when you were a kid i when i was on the truck steaming or when i was on the truck selling live crabs i would bring live crabs home every friday night and i would steam them on our weber grill Wow. Uh, big, uh, those big porcelain pot brown or black pots, you know, those old porcelain black pots, you know, and I would steam on a Weber grill. I get it hot as can be. Cause that's, you know, that's what you want. You want to get it as hot as you possibly can. And I would get that thing glowing. Wow. And, um, and my kids will never forget that they, 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 that's what we did every Friday night and they would sit and watch, they would watch, you know, me pull the crabs out. They would watch me put the crabs in the pot. Crabs going, you know, well, I would ice my crabs so they would be stunned. But, mm-hmm. you know, but it would, uh, it was an experience that they never f- will, will forget. And um, kids love when you take live crabs home and steam them in front of them. It's just like, uh, it's magical. Right. You know, um, so that to me was the hook um was you know with the waterman that i dealt with uh you know really respecting how they live you know on you know off of the water off of the chesapeake bay not just the chesapeake bay because we can't you know our the crab houses in the state of maryland sell so many crabs they the chesapeake can't supply enough of that to meet mm-hmm. the demands right now. So you have to go out of state, Louisiana, you know, Florida, Texas, North Carolina, mm-hmm. Delaware, New Jersey, you know. Um, 
So I got to know a lot of these individuals inside our state of Maryland and outside. And they are, they're a different breed of people, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I, I really respect how they work, their work ethic. You know, it's um, they're de- completely dependent on Mother Nature, like a farmer, mm-hmm. per se, you know, and um, it's uh, it's back t- to the roots of, you know, um, harvesting food and fishing the waters and whatnot. And I just I just really respected that. I really connected with that. I, and I'm, I kind of envy them, to tell you the truth. Um, mm-hmm. I remember talking to a waterman, uh, Bill Gunther. Bill Gunther. Uh, he lived uh, in off of Bush River on Perryman Road. Uh, he was a he was a good man, and um, he told me, you know, Richard, the the best thing about my job is when I'm motoring out in the morning from the Bush River and watching the sunrise on the, on the Chesapeake Bay. Uh-huh. He said, I would see, I see that all the time. And, I, and he said, I never get enough of it. That's great. It's always a new, it's always a new sunrise. Uh-huh. You know? And, and so it's like, you know, in, in our day and age and the day, you know, the age of the computer and electronics, you know, <clears throat> these guys, are completely different mm-hmm. um, not just guys women too that are involved in businesses right so anyway that's that that's probably the best uh or the reason why I, I stuck with the business was because of you know the chesapeake bay and and the culture that right you know it had the the crab industry and the oyster industry and the rockfish industry you know how mm-hmm. how vital and it is to our state and our economy and our culture right so you expanded from from there in false and then you went to churchville you were early days of the corner up there by the college yeah on the gas station? Yep. Yeah, the, the, it was the old gas station. Right? Yeah, the old gas station. That was in 2006. Gotcha. Um, so I opened, uh, I, we opened the seafood stop in Falston in 2000. And then I wanted another location. I had a, I had a partner at that time. Okay. Um, and I wanted to do something on my own, but I also didn't want to really compete with, our existing business in Falston. So I, uh, my father always told me he was, he was, he was with me all through the years at the, at the truck. He was, uh, he was the MC basically, you know, we have a line of people at the truck. Like I'm literally a line of 30 or 40 people. Wow. And, um, he would be the greeter, the MC, the cashier, and the, you know, he, he was a very, he was a very social, fun loving individual. He could talk to anybody. Yeah. He was the entertainment for you. Yeah, he was. But he always <laughs> told great. me, he said, you know, Richard, if you're going to do something else, go up to Churchville. Um, I always, I took my father's advice very seriously. Um, he was my best friend. Um, and he was, 
he was my greatest advisor. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he said, that's where I would go. If I were you, I would go to Churchville. It's on the other side of Bel Air. So that's what I did. I started looking around and I, uh, decided to take on that gas station. Mm -hmm. Um, and two, that was 2006. And, uh, we, we stayed there until this past July. Um, it was, it's a very, um, nostalgic, you know, uh, <laughs> place where people would say, wow, there's a crab house seafood market in this old gas station that was me driving by it all the time <laughs> mm -hmm. i mean people would be like i'm not going to stop there you know I, i've had people come in to the store many many times when we were at the gas station and say you know how many times i drove past this place like i'm not going in there you know and they said but i had this i eventually had to stop to see what you were all about you know and I said, yeah, there's a lot of people like that. <laughs> they drive right past us. They're like, I'm not going in there. And I thought I was alone until a good friend of mine stopped there. He said, man, he's got great food. I'm like, really? <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, it looked weird, but I got the food and man, it was good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I mean, that, and that became a part of our character, you know, yeah. so, yeah. um, we, you know, we have a, we had a canopy over the building, you know, an old gas station canopy. So we put picnic tables out so people could sit down and eat outside, but they could stand and wait for their crabs underneath cover. And um, it was pretty cool. I, I, I would yeah. have, to, I, I, I was hesitant and I'm, I, I am being serious. You know, I, people were thinking, well, you know, why would you want to stay in that old place? Because of the, the character that it, that it held, you know, mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, a guy that does our plumbing work, he, he said to me a couple of years ago before, when I was considering moving, he's like, I don't think I would, Richard. He says, that's a really cool place. People really dig, you know, what that place is all about and the vibe that it gives and the old, it's like old school, you know? Uh -huh. So, you know, that, that was a, a factor that I, that kind of tugged at my heart. Like, I'm not sure whether you should move or not. Uh, but, we decided i decided to move uh over a year ago to a new place right not even 100 yards away on the other side of the campus hills liquor store um and th the main reason that i did i really loved the vibe up on the corner i did but the main reason was the building was falling apart ah okay and you know, the staff had to do things that they shouldn't have to do. Mm -hmm. you, know, um, you know, the obstacles, the obstacles that they had to overcome just to, you know, function every day, you know, and, uh, and, and, uh, and for our customers too, I wanted to, to make it more comfortable for our customers. So it was, it was very much related to making my staff more comfortable and making my customers more comfortable right and also parking too mm -hmm. um that small area up there on the corner um you know in the middle of the summer at our six o'clock pot you know good luck finding a place to park mm -hmm. you know um so parking was an issue and now you know our space is huge at 20 
2211 East Churchville Road, like right next to the liquor store. Right. Our parking is a non-issue. There is probably enough for 200 cars to park, you know, so it's, um, so, but that was my main reason for, for mm. moving. Yeah. Right. But, and I, I noticed how they, when they built that building, I was always wondering what it was going to be. And so many people were telling me that it's going to be like a housing for college students. And I'm like, ah, they wouldn't do that. It's an odd spot to put a housing. And then as it, the building got developed and I saw the parking lot, I'm like, they're going to put stores in there. And then I saw that you moved there. Now, is that a full service restaurant you have at the new location? Okay. At the new location, we have um, about five tables where you could sit and eat lunch inside. Not crabs. They're not crab tables. They're lunch tables. Okay. And there's a, uh, and there's a public bathroom inside the building. Um, so you can, you can come into the, you know, and get yourself a sandwich or a platter, um, and sit down and eat lunch. Um, but uh, crabs were, we are thinking there's a little area out down on, uh, in the parking lot. There's a little area that's almost like a, a little park. Um, our landlord has planted trees there. There's some sapling trees starting to grow there. And it's a grassy area. So we're thinking about, and it's, you know, maybe 50 yards away from our front door mm -hmm. um, of putting tables down there and maybe like a uh, pavilion ah, and okay. uh, having so people can go down there and during the summer eat their crabs. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. So, and, and there's plenty of room for it. So, um, yeah, we're considering that for sure because we used to have people eat crabs under the canopy up at the uh, up at the gas station. So right, right. We want to kind of give people the opportunity to do that too. Right now, will the restaurant ever be an eat-in where you can sit in and eat crabs inside there, or is that that's no? I don't think that I'm gonna um, I'm going to tackle that. Uh, and the reason it's it, it's it's a different that's a whole different animal. Um, mm -hmm. you know, when you go to full serve crab house, sit down, you know, with getting a liquor license and everything else for beer, because if you have sit down crabs, you're going to have to have beer and wine. Sure. You, you beat me um, to it. I was going to say, you know, crabs and beer, man. You yeah. Um, that's, the, that's the really cool thing about our location right now. I mean, it wasn't that far from campus Hills liquors yeah. before, but now we're like, right. I mean, you can, it's, it's not even 50 paces from our door is Campus Hills Liquor. So you can pick up your crabs and pick up a six pack or, or a case of beer right there. It's like, uh, you're, it's a, it's a crab beer, one-stop shop basically. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys do cross promoting? Um, not yet. I've, uh, I've really wanted to do that um but we haven't done that yet but that's that's in the future for sure yeah gotcha gotcha yeah. that'd be a great idea right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i mean i'm even thinking about uh building a set of steps there's a little hill that is in between our building and the liquor store mm -hmm. so i was thinking about even building a set of steps 
for to make it just easier. I mean, it, it's not that big of a deal going up and down the hill, but still, you know, if it's raining, uh, if it's or, raining, or yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. you know, somebody slip and fall, could be slickery, <laughs> and somebody might fall down, and then guess what? Yeah, who, who knows what? <laughs> I'll. I don't want to even think about that. Yeah, and they yeah, have but... to buy a whole new bunch of the crabs because they just lost them all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So right. yeah. So that's I'm I'm thinking about that too. I wanna I wanna be able to I wanna be a good neighbor. Yeah. A good neighbor to you know our fellow uh, small business owners. So yeah, yeah. That's that's it's it, it's it's in the works. I mean, we've we still have logistically have things to figure out inside our building where to put gotcha how to make how to make the the flow Mm -hmm. better uh, to where to what it should be yeah right yeah gotcha now i don't know the laws the liquor laws and stuff but is it is it possible you have like when you do that pavilion out there would it be like a byob you could go next door buy the beer and come up there and eat the crabs and drink the beer is that that's is that the vision I mean, that is a vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not sure about the legal, uh, I'm not sure the legal answer to that. Yeah. When it comes to your liquor license for a liquor license or a BYOB, um, I'm pretty sure that Hartford County does not have a BYOB license available. Pretty sure of that. That's I I don't know why. You know, um, my son who opened up the restaurant uh, one eleven uh, with us, he did a lot of investigating on licenses. He knows about the licenses better than uh-huh. anybody. And we were. It's funny that you bring that up, Charles, because we were just talking about that like two months ago, and David was like. Nah, I'm pretty sure they don't allow BYOB, you know, so, um, but it's something that, you know, things can change, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, they change codes and licenses yeah, who all, knows? The time, all the time. Yeah. So, it, it probably wouldn't hurt to reach out to find out, you know, to say what you're trying to accomplish, because then you'd be kind of like a uh stationary yeah i guess it would be a liquor license yeah i mean if you if you go and buy your own beer and take it to a park you know i mean that's not like really byob you know it's just like somebody purchasing their beer and taking it to a park and having a cookout <laughs> right you know, you know yeah you know, that's i i you know, I, I, I don't want to I don't want to harp on, you know, the liquor licenses, what they allow and don't allow. But um, some things to me um, don't make a lot of sense. Um, I, I, I think it's uh, it's a it can be a bit over restrictive. Yeah, that's what I that's what I think. Right. Yeah. Um, other so- Right. So Are you're more relaxed. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So your son, he runs the uh, 111 Main restaurant down here. He did. Own- he did. He he opened it up. Um he was the manager there and we opened that in 2015 in October of 2015. 
yeah, David, um, he was involved with that um, from the from ground zero, and then um, about six months into it, um, some things changed in his life, and and uh, he he had to move back down to the seafood stop. Um, it was a better fit for him. And he was, he was young. Um, I think, uh, opening the, the, the energy that it took an investment, uh, of opening up a new restaurant that, and he's never really done anything like that before. Yeah. It kind of drained him. And, uh, it, he, he felt more comfortable at the, the seafood stop because he he's been involved. He's 33 years old and he's been involved on the side of the road with me since he was 10. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, um, you know, so he feels more comfortable there and, uh, and it, it was a better fit. It was for, it was time. He did a great job. He did a fabulous job opening up one eleven, but mm-hmm. He had to move on and uh, it was, it was best for him. Yep. Right. Yep. And that, you know, I, it, it's crazy that you mentioned that it's been there since 2015. I have yet to go in there and eat. I, <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, you know what? To, to tell you the truth, Charles, I, I, I think that is good. I think that there, when somebody that I see in town or is a local person in Harford County and they say, you know, I still haven't come into your restaurant. I'm like, wow. Okay. That's, that's another new potential person that's never been in that when they do come in, they'll, uh, they'll have a really good experience and I'm sure they'll be back and tell others. So it just means to me that, you know, we have more growth potential because there's people out there that haven't experienced us than we really, than we realize. Yeah. And that's two things here that I hope this uh, interview does is, you know, obviously it gets you the exposure. You need to get people like me to go in there (laughs) and, you know, and hopefully somebody who's listening will have some more insight on that BYOB. So when you do that, little pavilion out there that i think that's a great idea i i i think it's a a, it's a wonderful idea and you know um i i think it's i've looked at that part little park it's like it looks like a little park if you if you go into that drive into that um parking lot in front of our building you'll see it it's Mm -hmm. it looks like a little park and uh it has stone he put stone pathways um, so it could be a really cool little uh, venue to eat some hard crabs and drink some beer. If yeah, and have some live music. Honey would allow it, <laughs> right? And some live music, right? And that would be great. Probably, you know, thinking about this, you're making my wheels spin now. Uh, <laughs> is I could probably get a day permit. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying probably. I, I'm pretty pretty certain that I could get a day permit to have you know, uh, 111 because they have a, a liquor license and catering license that they could provide that the beer and wine for an event there. That is a great idea. So you build a pavilion and you just buy and you just go to the cater by 111 
board for a day permit. Yep. Catered by 111. There you Catered go. Oven. Mm-hmm. Yep. See that? This interview happened for a reason. See yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's awesome. Yeah. So good, good, good ideas. Coming. Yeah. So, you know, the last two questions, you know, wrapping up here for you, um, you know, some of the challenges that you face, I mean, you were pretty clear on some of the challenges, but how has the pandemic changed your business model with these challenges? Yeah. Um, the good old pandemic. Yeah, COVID, um, it, it was really, um, for, more so, I'll say, for the sit-down restaurant, 111 Main, than the crab houses. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to diminish the challenges that the crab houses had. I'm, I'm not. But it was more of a, there was more of an a, adaptation to take place at 111 because we, we did carry out, but it was very, very minimal um up to up to the pandemic mm-hmm. so now we had to turn a sit down of restaurant into a carry out and um if it wasn't <clears throat> really for uh my general manager Kristen Octavec and our chef who is part owner now of 111 uh Brian Bosel mm-hmm it would not have gotten done. They, they came up with a plan and a process of getting dinners out uh, daily um, in like a almost uh, a uh, assembly line kind of fashion of getting them boxed, getting them labeled, getting them packaged right um, and uh drinks included you know mm-hmm. um cocktails wine all carry out and right. coming up to the door we would they we put a table across our our door entrance where we have a vestibule so people can walk into the vestibule but they they couldn't come in the building they they would be stopped by that table by our front door and mm-hmm. we just pass it pass things through um our door that way and it really it really did well and i'll i'll tell you what really got us through the challenges of covid and and this is this is really the bottom line is the support that we got from the community um, mm-hmm. the community <sighs> I can't tell you how many, and this, this goes at 111 Main and the Crab Houses as well. The community, they, they wanted to support you. You know, they wanted, they, they, they would go out of their way to support you. They, they were immeasurably, um, they, they would uh, generous with their, with tipping. It was, it was, it was just a very unbelievable thing to see the generosity of the community around you that, that had been coming to you and patronizing your business for years. And they're like, we don't want you to go away. Right. We don't want you to go away. We're going to do whatever we can. 
We're going to support you in any way that we possibly can to help you get through this. And so, you know, for all of the challenges logistically that we had to go through and the crab houses um, would get really busy because sit down restaurants weren't sit down restaurants anymore. So everything was carry out. So there are carry out businesses at the crab houses. Basically they, they increased 50%, you know, during COVID because that's all people had. Right. They didn't have, they weren't allowed to go to sit down. So they had to go. And I think crabs, you know, during were were a comfort food for for people that they could take them home and sit with their families, not friends, because people weren't mingling at that time. People weren't interacting with their friends. It, this was it was a family thing only. Right. So they would take <clears throat> they would seize the opportunity to take crabs home and be with their family. It was a family thing. It was a social family thing that they I think I think that had a lot to do with the. Uh, the success of the crab houses during the pandemic as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the generosity of the community was astounding. That is so great to hear. I, I, I love to hear that mm -hmm. because as I drove around, you know, during the pandemic, I would see these lines of people lined up, you know, just to wait to get food. It was amazing. You know, I, 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 I can't tell you shit. It uh, impacted, you know, all of the staff, mm -hmm. all of the at all of our locations, how much it impacted them. The 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 generosity. Now, look, you know, not everybody, you know, you have a fraction of a one of one percent of people who wanted to get their their food their way at their time and get out of my way. But, you know they were that was a fraction of a percentage 99.9% .9 of the people were just so kind and patient and generous and understanding look i could we had to put these systems in place that weren't perfect we had to refine them and tweak them weekly to make it easier on the staff and our and our customers and they understood it they, yeah. they got it. They're like these, you know, they're doing the best they possibly can, you know, and they, and I just, uh, I, we owe it all, uh, all three of our businesses owe it all to the community. And, you know, your staff and, and you, because you're putting out a, a good product, you know, people wanted your food. Yeah. You know? I, I, I sometimes, you know, um, I need to, uh, I need to pat my staff on the back more often than I do. I, I'm, I am guilty of that. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I don't, uh, I just caught myself in the, just in this interview, not giving, you know, my, uh, accolades to my staff, but, you know, my staff, uh, went above and beyond. Mm -hmm. above and beyond and uh they they worked very very difficult hours right for sure yeah yeah yep. 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 
Are you still there? I am. Oh, okay. I thought I lost you for a second. It got quiet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just kind of reflecting on my staff there. For- yeah, that that's great. I, and that's why, you know, we do what we do at QAC team. You know, it's, it's part of, you know, letting people know that, you know, when your staff does a good job, you got to reward them, incentivize them, take care of them, you know, pat them on the back, do what you have to do to keep them. Oh, yeah. Because we know how today is with the workforce and we see it all the time, you know, that it's, it's tough to find good people now and people will leave, you know. It's, it's, very, it's a very difficult um, part of the business to find yeah. good, reliable help. It, mm-hmm. It's difficult. And like you said, you know, when you find them, you got to take care of them. You got it. Yep, absolutely. All right. So in a nutshell, you have two crab places, one sit down. And do you, do you have, do you have crabs at whatever mean, or is that just, like- uh, that's just fine dining. Fine dining. Gotcha. We seat, okay. um, inside seating. It's, it's small, uh, but that's the way we wanted it because it's easier to manage and make things perfect. Um, we seat like 58 people in, mm-hmm. uh, and a small bar that seats four, um, but then in the spring and summer, we have outside seating along uh, Main Street sidewalk. Uh, so we can probably seat another 14 people out there. So it's very, very small. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's a restaurant. It's not uh, a bar. It's not, it doesn't have a television. Um, and that's the way we want it. We want people to come in and have a fine dining experience. I think it's a great idea because, you know, you know, technology seems to overcome all of us all day, every day and not having a TV and, you know, people go for a fine dining and really enjoy themselves. That's, yeah. a, that's such a great idea. I mean, that's, you know, that's what we, the, you can go, uh, uh, you know, there's plenty of plenty of sports bars and bars around. If you want that, Hey, you know, go for it, man. You know, it's, that's, that's, an, the, you got plenty of options there, but we wanted we wanted to be a restaurant. We right. wanted, that's what we wanted to be. We wanted to be a fine dining restaurant, small, you know, charm has a charm to it and, um, and no electronics, except some people, you know, will use their cell phones. Still point at the cell phones, <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but no TVs and nothing like that. Right. That's awesome. So, you're on Facebook, Instagram under Richard yeah. Seafoods. Instagram, you know, the seafoodstop.com or Richard's Fish and Crabs.com or 111 Maine.com or it would be 111 Bel Air, one or the other. One of one of the two. Yeah. Gotcha. But if we just Google 111 Maine, we can, we can uh, it'll come right up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Great. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah keeps us busy and it's always you know there's there's always some sort of challenges to to overcome but you know yeah. i have very good staff um that's great yeah so i'm awesome. for sure with with the people that uh help run these businesses for sure mm-hmm. yep. well i will be in uh one of the main one of these few days coming up I will make sure I get in there to try your great food. And um, I really appreciate you taking the time to detail out, 
you know, your story and what you've been through and where you're headed. And uh, um, not sure where I'm headed yet, but <laughs> I've an idea. But, but I think that idea is great. I think you should, uh, <laughs> should run with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's going to be a time where, you know, it's time to, to hand the reins over, you know, um, and so that's something that will will be happening here in the next three to five years, I'm sure. You know, gotcha. yeah. yeah. But um, I've got there's a lot of good people uh, to hand those reins over to. That's for sure. Right. That's yeah. great. Great. Looking yeah. forward to it. Looking forward yeah. to the food. Looking forward to meeting you. Yeah, face to face would be good. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. talk. And um, thank you again for coming on and giving us your story and um i hope you enjoy the rest of your day and we'll we'll meet we'll meet soon yep happy new year to you charles happy new year to you thank you so much and we'll talk soon have a great rest of your day you too bye you've been listening to the qac team podcast with your host charles luttrell Today, we took you beyond the restaurant table and into the kitchen with leaders and business owners in your community. For more information, visit us at qacteam.com or Facebook and Instagram at qac.team. Thanks for listening.